0: Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters.
1: Good morning, viewers. It's another uh, Tuesday morning of Inside Nigeria. Of course, based November 9, 2021. I'm not alone as usual. I'm with my regular
0: co-host, Winifred. Okay, the Good morning good
1: morning good morning viewers thank you so much for tuning in to this event It's a pleasure to be exactly uh, and of course our guest analyst will not be with us physically in the studio today He will be joining us shortly virtually we'll be hosting you and me Adebayo, of the little of the abijah city journal on this program this morning shortly so today today we will be dissecting the front pages of leadership national economy the Daily Times and of course the Punch. And if time permits, we'll be looking into the Anambra supplementary Anambra governorship, election body in the local government area of Anambra today. So it's a long uh, journey in time. Uh, uh, well, yes, as usual, viewers, we're starting with Nigeria's most influential newspaper, in The Leadership. On the front page of Leadership this morning, Anambra Supplementary Code, APC, PDP bank on 140,000 Iyala voters to overturn Solido's lead. Anambra Supplementary Code, APC, PDP bank on 140,000 Iyala voters to overturn Solido's lead. Hopeful of ocean, Kano Magic. Forget it, Iyala is our strong quote according to Afghan. We are watching, says Oaneze Indigo civil society, call for transparency, and adjust, voting, time, table. Can you see a disturbing right there? Some political parties or politicians are hopeful of Osho Kano magic. We need to interrogate what is Osho Kano magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, B, it's true.
0: Uh, but they are just getting the truth now. They the I think initially, Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, of course, uh, but it also what happened when the, they had a the supplementary post in those states of ocean and candle. And of course, the one that was who everybody perceived to be the winner at the end of the day lost. Exactly. In the both the instances. Behind. So, obviously, anything can happen. And
1: that is, the, a, that is against the from Nigeria's electoral system, and it will continue to. Because it means something went wrong in Kano, I remember yes. the popular gamma word. Yes. And in our when Adewunla Adeliki was, uh, yes. Uh, yes. And suddenly, suddenly the table turned. According to, and then now, when me Adewale, when me Adewale, when
0: me
1: city uh, and John. Good morning, when you Adewale
2: good morning
1: <laughs> good morning yes <laughs> how is your closing office this morning mr devaio
2: everywhere, everywhere is fine we thank god uh, we are live at the uh, puja city journal and we are ready to see what is happening in anambra and other parts
1: of the country today okay so let's go to business you can see what we have on the front page on leadership anambra supplementary code apc PDP bank on 148,000 Hiyala voters to overcome Soludo's lead. Hopeful of Oshun Kano magic. Forget it, Yala is our stronghold, according to ABGA. We are watching, says Farnese Indigo. And of course, the civil society organization is calling for transparency as INEC adjust voting timeline. Adebayo, what is your take on this, uh, this story of leadership
0: this morning?
2: Thank you very much, Bode. Uh, well, this is politics. And uh, like your, my sister said there, anything can happen. But, sincerely, I would not want us to uh, take a cue from what happened in Osun to, um, to, to be a template for what will happen in here or today. I remember that the supplementary uh, election of Osun, a few years back, came at a serious cost to, to the people. It was one of the worst elections that, were, that was recorded. International observers and people on the ground said that uh, it was a violent election that was characterized by not just violence, but also vote buying. So we don't want to see that in uh, IHIALA like today. Uh, so far, IHIALA with one votes is a big uh, take for almost all the political parties in a number of states. Uh, with Soludo, the uh, candidate of the APGA, taking lead in 18 local governments already with a large margin. Uh, I don't know how um, that is going to be possible, but I know that I don't know whose stronghold ELA belongs to practically, but then, I, I mean frankly, but I believe that it's, it's ELA is not going to go for a, a single party. A number of other parties we share from it. but if you look at the pattern so far from Saturday, you can see that it's like, it's a trend in Anambra state. The people are thinking in a particular way. Uh, uh, it's like a protest against certain uh, electoral direction. So you can see from uh, the time of, I think uh, Governor Peter will be, till now, Anambra has always been in the pocket of the Afghan. So we don't know if that's going to be reenacted. But also, we have to look at the, uh, the, the, the direction or the, um, the grievances of, uh, of opposition parties. Like the APC, is alleging that there are discrepancies, that are vote buying. They are talking about that the votes were cancelled in their strongholds and things like that. I think today's election should take care of all those things. And if you, I remember also that on Saturday, we have problem with the voters not being able to exercise their franchise at the right time. Later, right by electoral materials and all those stuff. We have to. Uh, the electoral umpires must correct all these ones. But then, one thing that we cannot take away is that the election actually beats a lot of people's uh, uh, expectations. It was peaceful. We expect that today's election is going to be peaceful in those areas where they are going to be held, aside from the uh, and the government. At the end of the day, what will matter to uh, an average, an of person and all Nigerians? is the uh, fidelity of that election and how its outcome is going to be acceptable to all uh, contestants in that election once that is done i'm not sure that anybody will have uh, any crowds about it eventually but
1: let's uh, take away the magic of Osun and Kano that happened before we have 146 000 votes at stake and the margin of B between Soludo and Valentino Zigo of the PDP is just about 50,000. Now, is this not enough to say it's not yet a rule for Soludo of Abda, even though Abda has said for Yala is their strong vote, but 140,000 votes, one person can just take maybe 70% of their vote, all alone. And swing
2: the on to his side. The one around 48,000 that you see is the uh, number of registered voters exactly. in that local exactly. government. I,
0: assuming
2: all of them will come out to vote. All of them cannot come out to vote, but then you can put yeah. me on record. There is, if you look at the pattern of what's happened, there is this certain sentiments that do not allow majority of people to come and exercise their franchise. Uh, a number of states is not just an exception. The Southeast, and uh, the Southeast in particular, has that, um, uh, that uh, the, the pattern. Of the yes, the apathy is there. And I can tell you that most people will not come out. And I'm not going to tell you or predict which the people that will come out to vote will be, uh, what position they will make. But the truth is that no single party, I bet you they are going to have 50% of that number coming out to vote. And at the end of the day, what happens? There will be particular sentiment that will work against certain parties in that uh, in that local government. From what you have seen in the from uh, from uh, Saturday's election, so I'm not predicting it's not over. Of course, it's politics. It's politics. It's not over yet. But no single party can come out and say that yes, uh, uh, this particular local government belongs to me now, whoever stronghold it is. It's still going to be a very uh, contestable um, uh, place for all the parties to connect.
1: So, like you said, we just have to safe and keep our fingers crossed. and await the conclusion of the election today and see who will be the eventual uh, winner. Well, Adiba, we need to move away from that politics a bit and go to the next newspaper for the day, which is our sister publication, The National Economy. National Economy spaces. Banks Lending to Private
0: Sector. May hit 35 trillion naira by December. Banks lending to private sector may hit 35 trillion naira by December. trends signals economic expansion. National economy today's big banks lending to private sector may hit 35 trillion naira by December. Well
1: from yes, from the headline you can see that our Team of uh, our team at national economy is bringing out economic activities uh in the year as regards bank lending to private sector, which may hit 35 trillion naira by December, which signals a lot of economic activities are taking place against the backdrop of the fact that we are just smarting from the effect of COVID 19. How will you view uh, this news at the by-
2: well i'm going to say that it's a very inspiring uh, news uh this is coming against the background that the federal government is also doing a lot in the the COVID spending the household uh, support the uh, aggregate support another initiative that is taken by the uh, national social investment program of the federal government i'm not going to say this in bad, but then i also have to look at at what interest rate is this uh, economy expanding? I'm not an economist, and I don't want to take credit for uh, for that. But okay. then, at what level is this expanding? The 30, uh, 35 trillion naira of January this year, or of this time last year, I don't know if it had the same value with what it is years. I mean, some years or two, one or two years back. So that is where the Nigerian people will be talking about. The inver- investment environment itself, where people put money, uh, I don't know if they are having the same returns as uh, they're supposed to have, like uh, what do you call the return on investment. Those are the areas where I think the federal government should be talking, looking at the interest rate, then the investment environment. People are still having to grapple with the problem with power, People see have problem with a lot of infrastructure that should aid uh, investment. Even people that put their their money, their resources, investment into farming, most of them see have issues because of insecurity here and there. So we feel that if banks are helping in this capacity, I know that the government is actually trying to expand yeah. the economy by diversifying different products and how you know, uh, move away from oil reliance alone, you know, which is very very commendable. But then, I think government should be looking at the environment, the interest rate, and the consistency on how um, inflation actually is their investment. If you take uh, 500,000 to, to, to invest in a particular um, uh, initiative now, I'm not sure if what you have will still be the same thing by the time you are having your results because of the inflation. Go to the market today. Whatever you buy 10 naira yesterday, you may go to the market and meet it for twelve naira, eleven naira today and there's instability so much in the market so I believe <clears throat> I'm not a banker like I said and I'm not an economist but from reports on the street and the, the realities of the day, banks are actually trying Now, of course we are commending them from the, for that but then government also must also be thinking about how to um, so ensure uh, that uh, Nigerians, when they go to the bank to get these uh, loans of facilities, they they, they they can pay it back at the right time.
1: Yeah, I think you have yeah. raised your main issues, that it's not enough to celebrate that uh, bank lending to the private sector is increasing, because it's coming at a cost of a higher uh, interest uh, rate, and this will have, of course, effect on goods and, and services. The
0: so depreciated, depreciated. Day. depreciated. Day. Yes. So at the
1: end of the day, how much uh, will it five uh, Exactly, exactly. Well uh, you so yeah, you, you need to take a cup of water in the office while we go on break for a few seconds, we come back and continue the review.
0: Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Well,
1: welcome back. It's still Tuesday edition November 9, 2021. Edition of Inside Nigeria. And of course, we have been. We the front page of some national dailies. with Remy Adebayo, who is the editor of Abuja our City Journal. Welcome back. Welcome back.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Watch All right. We will be going to the third super on our menu this morning, which is the punch. And <coughs> the front of the punch this morning. Attack Malami over $418 million consultant fee. Says, say Attorney General lied. Governors attack Malami over 418 million dollar consultant fees. Say Attorney General of the Federation uh, lied. They said haste suggests a special relationship between AGF office and consultants, according to the Nigerian governors forum. State resources needed for critical development should not be free away, according to the Nigerian uh, governor's uh, fault What is your take? This issue has been on for a long time. What is your take, Adebayo?
2: My take is that uh, this is very, very important and very strategic uh, issue that has been on the uh, Office of the Attorney General or the Federation of Baka Malami. And I know that um, there have been issues about whether the consultant that negotiated or that fought for the Paris fund, uh, fund to Nigeria, whether they deserve as much as they are asking for. But then the governors are actually uh, looking at the direction of the, AG, the AGF That why, why is it that it is the office that is pirating this uh, the payment of this huge sum of $418 million to a consultant. And they are suspecting that perhaps there is something, there is a, a very, very um, um, suspicious relationship between that uh, consultant and the, the office of the AGF. And of course we cannot blame them. Four hundred eighteen million dollars is not it's not a bit it's not a small money. If you convert that as our interest, current interest rate today that's a lot of money and the allegations are there that uh, it's like uh, the haste with which the office of the other uh, ordinary was in general of the federation uh, issued a statement asking states to 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 for the deduction is it's questionable well as uh, people on the sideline <laughs> i don't think it is the, it, we cannot rule, we cannot apportion blame, we cannot take a definite uh, position. And for, no you know, AGF is a powerful, is a powerful forum of uh, consisting of 36 state governors. And a lot of them are having this consensus to attack or to allege that the AGF is doing it. I think that office has to come out clean say no this is a position although the agf is saying that you no know, they have to do that to prevent the since a judgment payment or something like that but then uh these guys cannot the, the, the government cannot just be crying when there's not the agf must come out clean to state where it belongs to no you know, this, the, the government are saying that you're supposed to be on our side why is it that you are siding with the consultant to pay that particular fee it is humongous 418 million dollars in Nigeria's economy today means a lot. If you plug that back to certain states, it can naturally stimulate a lot of investment and, uh, you know, help states to do, to do a lot. So the office of the Attorney General of the Federation must come out clean. Thankfully, the uh, a court has prevented the, the federal government from deducting that money. I think that was yesterday, but then. It's not enough the ATF, it is the one that has the owners lies on him to come and claim to say this is the problem. I think he has also to dissociate himself. He has to be cleaned officially to tell us what relationship exists between him, his office, and the consultants. The governors are you know, I think it is a legitimate concern that they are part. That amount cannot just move out of our economy without anybody telling us what interest lies from the Office
1: of AGF at this moment. Yeah, another issue that got the governors angry was the fact that as the number one law officer of the land, there is a subsisting a court order on this matter that all parties should stay action pending the final determination of the suits on this Paris uh, refund uh, money. Now they are wondering that why would the attorney general of the Federation, who is the number one law officer, disobey the court order, secretly authorized the payment of this money to people believed to be his personal friends who he called consultants. So, is that not also a slight on the office of the Attorney General and that does it not call his competence to, uh, to question? To question? Uh, I think... Uh... Over national interest.
2: Yes, I think um, what I saw was that the uh, statement from the office of the Attorney General was actually dated Friday, November twenty one?
1: Exactly, that's right.
2: Yes, and that was before the the the, the 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 ruling of the court that came out. I think that was yesterday. But whatever it is, the governors of course might be suspicious about what connection was it, and uh, was there a premonition that this, the, the court was going to give a ruling as as yesterday so why was there that uh, rushing that uh, that payment should be made it is suspicious and of course if we can link it between you and the consultant that there is a particular relationship whether friendship or extended relationship no matter how little you no know, then we have to capitalize on that and since the matter was actually in the court, one would uh, expect that the chief law officer of the Federation would restrain himself to await the outcome of yesterday's ruling before writing such letters. So that is why the governors are angry and they are saying that, no, you should know better. If there is no relationship between you, why do you have to I mean, be asking for such remittance at the point that the period of the is under litigation? So those are the issues. And that's why I am saying that the Office of the uh, Art should come out to to tell Nigerians uh, in clear terms why the interest, what is so peculiar about uh, these uh, the, the remittance that must be made at the expense of the nation and the states that are saying that no, we, uh, we don't think we should pay this money as it has, has been asked.
0: Okay, and uh, also besides, don't you think that, uh, do you think that the governors, even before the consultants were engaged, were they told about the fees that they were going to pay eventually, or the AGF just came about and said, oh, we are owing these consultants $418 million without uh, uh, the broad knowledge of governors
2: before? I think that's part of the lapses that we have witnessed in a kind of federation. Uh, some people arrogate almost all the almighty sovereignty to themselves in the name of occupying a particular uh, office. Except the government, the federal government was going to be the sole liability and the, uh, what the beneficiary of such a uh, judgment. To me, I see no reason why the states who are going to be made to pay from that, uh, from the deficit or the liabilities of that uh, judgment or uh, that uh, decision, will not be involved in the negotiation process. Even if we are, if we are negotiating with them as the Attorney General of the Federation, at the end of the day, the money was not going to be paid solely by the federal government. Now we are take, asking the state to take responsibilities for uh, for, for an action. If the government, was, if the governors were involved, if they are part of the process, I don't think by now they will be. Uh, they will be protesting. The fact that they are protesting shows that they were not part of the process. They were not bought into it to understand that yeah, at the end of the day, this thing goes this way is going to be your responsibility. If they were, they would not be resisting. It has to be clearly defined. And of course, many people have been arguing that the amount, the so-called amount that you are asking for for by the that is asked for by the uh, by the uh, consultant, you so still are so we don't know at that level, at what level the, the, the Nigerian government negotiated with these people, at what at what rate. Those are the things that are supposed to have been brought to the fore before we get to this level.
1: Thank you. All right, uh, Adeba, before we move away from the, the punch, there was a photo of interest on the front page of the punch this morning. I don't know if you have taken notes of a photo. A photo of an uncoffed military man being ferried to an unknown uh, destination. His name is... Uh... Okay, the name is not here. No. He is uh, an Air Force officer accused of being an accomplice on the attack on the Nigerian Defense Academy in Kaduna sometime in August by bandits. I hope you remember that story. Yesterday, <laughs> when the broke out, the military authorities denied anything like that. That uh, there was no any arrest of any military man. But this morning, the police post- <laughs> being taken to an unknown destination, maybe Cardinal for interrogation.
2: Well, I um, I think this the newspapers were uh, the social media was at worst with, uh, with, with this yesterday. And um, the information out there was that the man, I think something Solomon was a sergeant, yes. Yes, was uh, apprehended at his base, I think somewhere in Yola. Uh, exactly. I was asked, he was uh, flown to Kaduna uh, to the National Defense Academy to answer questions about his involvement in the SAD. Uh, the, uh, and pathetic uh, invasion of National Defence College, I mean Academy, some months back, and of course, I read the I read the reputation of the uh, the military this morning. The, the from what I understand, from what I saw from the Nigerian Defence Academy, what they are saying is that they have also seen the viral publication allegedly uh, that the, the, the 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 alleged suspect. Uh, the NDSO's man, Bashir Mohammed the said that the man, they are not an investigative institution, okay. that they are a military institution and they said the said man, they are not aware about it and is not in their custody. I think um, as the media, we should probe further to, on, to ask who the Solomon, the against Solomon that is everywhere, who he is who um, if he was actually because we can see that he's anchored if he's actually anchored it really there's an offense that has been alleged against him and we can see that he was flying to a standby military aircraft so where is he taking to and for what offense we need to dig deeper to understand what is the problem there the NDA can uh, they can they can deny that but then they are saying that they are not the investigative they are not an investigative institution so it means that the man may have truly been arrested but it's not in their custody the man could be in the custody of the nigerian intelligence agency dss or wherever we don't know which organization or which agency of government investigating that issue as of today so i think what we should do is to dig further to understand who the man is, what offense is being alleged to have been committed, and where he's taken to, and for what offense is being investigated for? So those are the issues. But I don't think that clearly uh, NDA may not actually be saying that the man was not arrested, but that is not in their custody. All
0: right, many let times. Okay, we have a, a last paper of the morning, and that is Daily Times. Daily Times. It takes, it has a, it still has a headline story of Malamin's uh, working against public interest. But what is of importance to us this morning is the writer there it says, it will take Nigeria 120 years to meet medical demands. That is Minister of Health. It will take Nigeria 120 years to meet medical demands. That is on Daily Times this morning. Yeah, the
1: headline on the green bar yes. below the big story. It will take Nigeria 120 years to meet medical demand, according to a serving minister. Adebayo, uh, I don't know. Is this a rocket science to have, you know, whatever you need in the healthcare sector functionally available in your country?
2: Ah, I think is a, that statement coming from the Minister of Health, I don't know whether the state or the substance. Oh,
1: uh,
2: okay, that's Dr. Enire. I think does, that's going to be a very unfortunate uh, statement coming from the Minister of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. Uh, yes, I remember that at the uh, outbreak of the uh, COVID 19 pandemic last year, the uh, SGM, that is secretary to the government of the federation, uh, Mr. Boss Mustafa, uh, who then headed the presidential task force on the COVID nineteen, uh, stated that he did not he did not know that the decadence in the S sector was that humongous. That's what Mustafa said that year. That was just last year, and one expected that in response to the COVID nineteen pandemic, where uh, uh the death uh, figures have not discriminated against nigerians whether they are rich whether they were poor that government would have responded to that by not just uh, reactivating or reform the health sector altogether but also to partner with the private sector to assist in healthcare delivery in this country it is not rocket science we have a template uh before I think 1997 or something like that, the uh, sorry, I think, let, let me get my, uh, my my facts right. Maybe 1997 or so. They, the key Medical Center, uh, my the General Hospital, it used to be a, like a moribund hospital until they brought in a private sector. I don't want to mention the name of the organisation now. They brought in and they turned that hospital around. Gariki Hospital today is one of the best uh, uh, hospitals that we have in Nigeria. In fact, it pioneered have, uh, IVF, uh, what do you call it, uh, initiative in Nigeria. So why is the minister saying that we should not be sending defeated at this level? The government should be able to expand its mind to bring in whoever can help. We are talking about the help of over 200 million Nigerian people in Kodogariki to today. We are talking about the people that cannot access, that cannot just fly or jump into the plane to go to India, to go to UK or anywhere to to access medical uh, health. So if government is saying that it's going to take 120 years, that's very, very unfortunate. I think what government should be doing now is that it should be deliberate and very intentional about how much funding is, uh, is, is deploying into the health sector and how much help is seeking from the private sector. And even from Nigerians that are in the that are ready to help. So one hundred twenty years is going to be a huge waste. I don't believe that uh, it should take Nigeria that much. Government should be thinking. Two so one hundred twenty years is not possible. Government can do this thing in twenty years if we are serious and we want to do it. I think Maybe.
1: that's the underlying. Yes. Well, people um, are serious as a
0: country. But then you know what came to mind?
2: Many of us will not even
1: be alive
2: to see. <laughs> I imagine. To so essence, is, uh, is the
1: plan. <laughs> uh, our children may not be alive to, to see. I mean, I don't know. I pray so. You know? editor of Abu, Abuja City Journal. Many thanks to you. For creating time to join us this morning on Inside Nigeria. We hope to see Thank more you of you on this show. Thank you so much. Thank you uh, have a beautiful you. day ahead. I get by editor Abuja City Journal. Thank you so. So we've done justice today, and it's time to go. Our well, viewers make a date with us tomorrow for the midweek edition of Inside Nigeria. My name is Bobby Babu. Bye Bye. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.